Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. I hope you're doing well. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about the first days of the Biden administration. I think for most Americans, there's a sense that there's a level of competence, maybe that the adults are stepping onto the stage in the Biden administration. Scientists are saying that they're not as as gagged. Uh, our, our international partners are celebrating the fact that they have somebody who actually cares about international partnerships. Um, and of course, there's been a very aggressive uh, set of actions uh, targeting the pandemic. And so a lot of Americans are feeling good about what's going on. A lot of Americans feel like maybe there's less ideology and more competence in office. I, I see some of that too. I have friends of this administration with whom, of course, I don't agree with completely, but um, but nevertheless, who are sincere patriots trying to do good stuff in this administration. But I will tell you what is disturbing to me. And it's something that I've grappled with about Mr. Biden uh, during his entire political career, as long as I've been aware of it. And it is the fact that while he is a devoted Roman Catholic, his policies in some very critical areas, some very important areas to many Americans, are completely bereft, it seems, of moral rooting, completely bereft of any kind of framing of faith. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. You know that I'm a moderate. You know that I'm right of center. I'm not hard right wing. So I'm willing to hear truth from the mouth of the quote unquote other side. I'm willing to hear truth from the mouth of people that I don't necessarily agree with. So I try to ponder. I try to consider every position uh, from the standpoint of the person proclaiming it and what they intend, uh, trying to assume that they're not just evil. Well, Mr. Biden's been in office just barely a week, and he has uh, issued a number of executive orders, most of which we aren't that surprised about. We expected him to stop the the wall on the border. We expected him to stop the Muslim ban. All of that was going to happen. But I'm mystified that a man who makes much of his Roman Catholic faith is as stridently pro-abortion as Mr. Biden is. I think one of the things that's happened in our generation is that abortion has been taken almost entirely as a feminist issue. And so as a result, you you expand abortion rights by way of saying, I'm pro-women, I want to help women, I want to provide health care. I love what happened this past week. Kamala Harris was talking about abortion in the context of health care. And Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee tweeted, abortion is not health care. <laughs> That's exactly where I am. Uh, abortion is the ending of a life. It's not health care. It, abortion rarely makes uh, the mother healthier. Uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a fact, obviously, where in the, in the situations where the life of the mother is, is threatened, um, we would say take the child. But that happens in far less than 1% of the cases. shouldn't even be part of the debate. So abortion is not health care. In fact, it's quite unhealthy for the unborn. So what I'm trying to get to here is that Joseph Biden is so stridently pro-abortion. It's absolutely stunning. Told you before that he declared his candidacy and within three days reversed himself on the Hyde Amendment, which forbade federal spending on abortion. And I'm a complete supporter of the Hyde Amendment. Within a few days after taking office, he he absolutely undid the Mexico City policy, uh, which provided federal funding for organizations that encourage abortion in the in the, in the international world. Um, he, in other words, he could not be more 
strident. Uh, he, ha- he is in favor of parth- partial uh, birth abortion, which, again, I try not to be too graphic in this podcast, but you know what that means? That means the baby's half out of the womb. Picture that now for a moment. And then it's killed. And yes, that's the only term to use. It's killed. Uh, in some cases, the brain is sucked out. In some cases, there's an incision made. I mean, it is horrible. It's horrible. And yet, Mr. Mr. Biden, uh, an apparently civilized man who believes himself to be a, a, a conscientious Roman Catholic, can't bring himself to say that that's immoral. So I'm, I got to tell you, I'm absolutely stunned. You know, we know a great deal about what's going on with with children in, in the womb, things we didn't know even a decade or two ago. We know that a child at the age of 10 weeks feels pain. You should go on Google and, and, and do a search for what a fetus looks like at 10 weeks old. Um, a 10-week, 12-year-old fetus is actually just a tiny little baby of the kind that, that's born. Now, I'm not stupid. I know that not everything's fully formed. But on the outside, physically, it's just a miniature version with toes and fingers and noses and all that kind of thing. Um, that, that, as will be born nine months later, if allowed to go to full term. So you abort a child, you partially birth, you partially abort a child, you partial birth abortion. Um, you reach in there and cut it up with a knife, which is exactly what many abortions are. Um, you do those kinds of procedures. Yes, the child feels pain. Yes, it's the ending of a human life. And of course, now we have full-term abortion. In New York right now, it's actually legal to take a child uh, in the ninth month, as long as it's not born yet. And some people, including the governor of Virginia, where I'm sitting right now, um, have actually said that there might be a case to actually end the life of a child who's been born if the parents don't want it. Think about what that means now. Think about what that means. And think about how many of you, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to picture in my mind, all of you who are listening to this podcast, many of you were probably born with some kind of defect that you later got over, right? This, this happens all the time. Um, babies are born and now they have Abgar scales and they rate the health of the baby. But I have many friends who were born with heart, heart problems, born with cleft issues, uh, cleft palates, cleft lips that later got fixed surgically. I mean, what are the standards? Who makes those decisions? Some of the sweetest people I know are Down syndromes uh, people. I've got them, got them in my family. Um, sweet, dear, should they not be allowed to live? Uh, should they be taken in the womb? Should they be killed after they're born? Now, my point is not just to rant about abortion. I'm obviously pro-life. I'm obviously opposed to abortion. Um, but I, but the mystification for me is how in the first few days of his administration, Mr. Biden, uh, completely ignoring the counsel of his Catholic faith and completely ignoring the wishes, by the way, of more than half of the American people. Surveys show that more than half of the American people believe there ought to be some restraints, some restrictions on abortion. Even if, even if they don't think it ought to be completely outlawed, they think there ought to be some restrictions, like not, after, not in the third trimester or something of that nature. Mr. Biden blows all of that aside, and he does everything he can to increase abortion. Of course, we know that's where he is. That's where he's been for a while. Uh, certainly is where Kamala Harris is, stridently pro-abortion. And of course, this is quickly translated into, if you're pro-woman, you have to be pro-abortion because this is part of female health care. Not true. I'm sorry. I'm as pro-woman as I can be. I'm as, cl- I'm as close to being a feminist as scripture allows me to be as a Christian. 
I've worked for female clergy. I believe in female clergy. My, I've, as I often say, my daughter is a is a strong, leading 30-year-old. I want her to be the pope. I want her to be president. I want her to be general. I want her to be CEO. I want her to be everything she can be. I believe in all of it, and I've encouraged all of it all my life. But I am opposed to abortion, and that's because it's the taking of a human life. So I'm grappling with this issue of Biden's faith, and I'm grappling with this issue that amongst all the things we have to deal with, that in his first days in office, in fact, his first afternoon in office, he expands abortion rights. I mean, I don't want to go as far as some hard right wingers and saying these all Democrats are deceived, but it brings to mind a real almost a preoccupation with the issue. You remember that when the first COVID-19 bill came out earlier in the spring, when the first negotiations happened, that Nancy Pelosi had snuck in millions of dollars of abortion funding. Why? What does that have to do with the pandemic? What's, it's like every time a bill goes through Congress, uh, folks on the left, folks in the Democratic leadership have to expand abortion rights. Well, first of all, I don't understand just at a political level the connection between the issue uh, at hand, which at that time was trying to grant economic relief for, uh, during a pandemic, and expanding abortion rights. What is the agenda? What is the drive? I don't believe that Nancy Pelosi's evil and she just wants to kill babies, but that's the that's the practical upshot. I'm sorry to say it. I don't, I'd, I'd, like, I'd love to sit with her and have her explain to me how she, who is also a Catholic, by the way, um, is able to justify this constant press, even in sneaky ways, even sneaking funding into, a, into a bills, into bills, even, even expanding the pork in bills that have nothing to do with abortion, sneaking it in there uh, so that we again have an expansion of abortion rights. Listen, Here's the crass truth. If you want an abortion in America, you can get one. It's legal. Supreme Court rule, Roe v. Wade, 1973. You can have an abortion uh, in this country. But I do believe, even though I'm opposed to that law, I thought I think Roe v. Wade is one of the, and, and many legal experts have said this, some of the worst law ever crafted by the Supreme Court. The fact is you can get an abortion in America if you want it. What, what, what I don't understand is requiring that the federal government pays for it. What I don't understand is requiring that taxpayers like me have to have their funds go uh, to funding something that I find morally objectionable. And I do not understand how almost every cause is somehow translated into an enhanced pro-abortion effort. It's what we see Mr. Biden doing. It's what we see Nancy Pelosi doing. It's what we have seen and will see Kamala Harris doing. Now, I'm not just a right-winger mad because Biden's president. I mean, we didn't have that great a president in the previous administration, though he was pro-life um, and, and stood for pro-life policies, and I celebrated that publicly when it happened. So I'm not just hammering Joe Biden because he's a Democrat who's in office. I think he's doing a good job on the pandemic. But I do not understand this. And let's go to another issue like it. I do not understand... Uh, Mr. Biden's reversing, which he's done in the last 24 hours, uh, as I sit here right now recording, um, he has now lifted the partial ban on transgender so uh, soldiers in the military. Now, transgenderism is going to be an issue and a challenge for everybody. Uh, I think it is absolutely ruining uh, women's sports in the college level. It's ruining even professional sports for women. Um, and we can talk about that in another podcast. But part of the reason that Mr. Trump and his administration had did a partial ban on transgender soldiers in the military is that 
if you allow transgender soldiers into the military without restraint, you have to provide medical care for them. Okay. Now, of course, I'm all in favor of taking care of people medically. What happens now, though, is that a transgender soldier has to have specific medical care, perhaps to complete their move to transgender. Um, they have to have special medicines. They have to have, and in some cases, uh, what do you do when you have a soldier who's male uh, in the military already, already in the military, and now already in uniform, and now wants to wants to become a, a woman, wants to wants to make the the transgender move, as some people say, is the military meant to pay for that? It's very expensive. It's numerous surgeries. It involves uh, medications and prescription medications. This seems far afield from what the medical corps of the military ought to be about. You know, when I was a, a teenager and, and it's, it's a military dependent living in Germany with my army officer father, there had been some debate about whether the military ought to even pay for braces for teenage kids. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, yeah, they, they, they're obligated, the military is obligated to take care of my basic medical care, but braces in almost all cases are optional, they're cosmetic. And so there was actually some debate back in the 1970s about whether the U.S. military ought to pay for the braces for military dependents, meaning the, the dental braces, the corrective braces that teenagers wear. Well, I wore braces for five years, can you believe it? And yeah, I remember the debates. I remember the discussion. Sometimes it happened right in front of me. Just doctors just telling about the debates and discussion to, uh, to my father, you know, while we're, while we're standing there in the dentist's office. Well, if we were having those debates then, man, we've moved way past that. Now it's just not just braces for teenagers. Now it's should the American military, meaning thus the taxpayers, have to pay for complete transgender surgery, sex change surgery, and then service it, so to speak, with the medications and the follow-up surgeries and so on. You don't have to be trans, uh, anti-transgender to make this case. And part of the reason that the Trump administration banned it, and you know, again, I want to just say very quickly, whenever you mention Trump's name, people freak out. I was in favor of a lot of what he did. I was opposed to a lot of what he did as well. And, that, and that's, just, that's just where it is. So I, this is one of the things he did that was wise. He was trying to grapple, his administration was trying to grapple with do you bring people in who are going to mean hundreds of millions, maybe a long term, billions of dollars in medical surgery? If you allow people to undergo sex change operations and, and therapy and what have you once they're in uniform or bring people into the military who are probably heading that way, it can be huge. So now you have a shift in the kind of people you hire as doctors. You have a shift in your psychotherapy um, units. Every, every military base has counselors and psychologists and therapists and so on. Um, are, are they meant to bear that load? Is that what the military is about? I'm not even having a debate about whether the transgender people are, are good soldiers, I'm sure they can be just fine. I, that, that's not even something I'm qualified about. I'm asking, I'm saying there are reasons for some of these policies. There are reasons for the partial ban. There are reasons that people raise these questions. And it's not just bigotry. It's also what's the legitimate purpose of the American military and its medical corps. Well, Mr. Biden blows past all of that. Granted, since he's been vice president for eight years and a senator for many years before, he's got lots of time to think about all this, has had lots of time to think about it. But still, within days, he starts, he starts basically engaged in what some people have called a culture war. He starts through presidential proclamation to undo some of these hedges, to undo some of these boundaries, the Hyde Amendment, the Mexico City policy, etc., 
that provide not just a moral hedge, but also in some cases a practical hedge uh, erected by those who are, who, are, who are saying this isn't a legitimate purpose of, of the federal government. Mr. Biden's ignoring all of that. So on the one hand, I I applaud everything he's done thus far with the pandemic. I think we're going to get to the backside of this thing in 2021. And I think the way that Mr. Biden's administration is pursuing it um, is really going to help us. However, his undoing of moral boundaries, his undoing of practical boundaries in the federal government when it comes to highly controversial things like transgenderism in the military and abortion uh, is producing a bit of a revolution. It's going to gender a lot of opposition. And more importantly, I think he should take a moment, take a breath, and give thought to where the boundaries ought to be. Because right now he's engaged in a low-grade cultural revolution. And and I don't think that's going to serve America well. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.